welcome to Crime Scene Time Machine Tattoo Edition with my co-host, Don Oski. What up, what up? Don is a uh, returning champion, uh, the only guest so far to appear on now more than one episode. Congratulations, brother. All right, I feel great. <laughs> honor. Glad to be here. Well, I'm glad to be here because we're actually recording this podcast live on location in the palatial estate of Don Oski uh, in uh, Southern Florida. Location, specific location, we'll let that remain undisclosed at the same time for security reasons because of the millions and millions of people we have listening to the podcast. We must protect the identity and, you know, respect the personal space, you know, of our guests, right? Yes, yes, sounds great. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that might be a little bit too much. <laughs> I think we went a little overboard on that introduction. Yeah, we're in Pompano Beach. <laughs> <laughs> it's whatever. It's whatever, man. Listen, it's Florida. So we're having a good time right now. We are in the middle of a tattoo. For the great Scott. Mm, this is in addition to the Scotland map that really Oscar has been an integral part of the design there too. Really going back over a decade now probably. Yeah. Time. About. Think about that man. Ten years. It's been quite some time. It's, a bit, it's probably been more than ten years really. Because we're in 2022. No, no, no. I think, I think like ten? seven years. Like seven? Okay. Yeah, seven. yeah, maybe seven. It still feels like forever. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, folks out there. It's not a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. Um, you know, it's good to have uh, people in your life. And these are why you have to maintain relationships. Because sometimes, you know, like what? When was the last time we saw each other physically in person was maybe... Three years ago, something like that? About two years ago. Yeah, maybe two, three years. Who knows during the pandemic? A year could be two years, could be three years. But yeah, not too long ago. Um, but you pick up right where you left off. The next time you see the same person, uh, that's you know when you know you have uh, a like-minded individual that has intersections, I think. Yeah. Good. So why don't you tell them about your tattoo that we worked on this time? Oh, yeah, good idea. Um, well, you know, it's been an evolution. We've had some uh, empty real estate on the, on the left forearm for quite some time that we've been meaning to fill in with kind of a continuation of a, of a map of Scotland. And we had this idea of an inner earth kind of inverse that has really morphed into a representation of German and dog exploring the intercaves and caverns and stalagmites and stalactites and uh, uh, yeah, heading into the next shift in the exploration that will be the experience of life. You know what I think is cool is the theory of, of how the inner earth is, is not like just an empty hollow thing, but chambers. I've never really heard that one before. You yeah, I, I heard about it explained to me in this, um, th- uh, uh, explained like a, like a series of honeycombs. Uh-huh. Um, 
So like underneath Like I think in the science books They say the very center of the earth is like uh, Solid iron And then it's surrounded by molten lava And then you have the mantle and the crust And all that stuff right And I think you have that but The US science In the history of science we've only been able To dig down Like maybe three miles We've never been able to get any deeper than that You gotta get like 24 miles just to get through the crust so it's only a theory about what's inside of the earth. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, we don't know that. Matter of fact, but what makes it make sense to you that that it's changed? Well, <clears throat> because if you think about like the the terrestrial layering of Earth, um, we know that Earth has many many cave systems that go extremely deep, and then recently <clears throat> some archaeological digs, and of course with the melting of Antarctica's three-mile ice shelf, exposing the terrestrial land beneath. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sucks for the world because that uh, ocean rise, I mean, go by Florida if it's, oh, if this man. piece of, if this piece of ice, I know, but like. But here, here's a theory that I've heard, and I think it makes, give me a little bit of peace with that, is that, Really, um, even if all the ice is melts, it's just like in a cup of water, right? In a cup of water, if you put ice and there's water, the, the level of the water will never change. The ice will just melt right into it. So then... Ah, that's a good point. Yeah. So then if this is ice has always been there, it's not really going to rise. Well, oh, but here's, uh, but here's where I think I need you to consider this point. That ice isn't in the cup yet, because that ice. We don't get to go there, so we don't know. <laughs> well, uh, well, you're right, but I guess in theory, that ice is currently on Lo- top of a. Top no, it's not. Fl- it's not floating. Yeah, it's on top of a landmass. So that. Continent. Yes. The entire uh, continent of Antarctica is under three miles of ice. <laughs> what? I think we live on a flat earth, that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> so that ice hasn't yet added to the T. Right. So it's that ice goes off the shelf into the water, then you have the ice cube teacup overflowing theory, which takes care of all of the below and or at sea level properties, shoreline that are 50 feet or under sea foot sea level okay i think that's the theory right right but hopefully that won't happen but i guess but that is happening and i think it will happen it's just a matter of when hopefully not in our lifetimes but you know we're thinking about this for like generationally yeah yeah we don't want the world like i wouldn't want to have the next generation just die off no or go through major suffering yeah I think, and I think, I think that's why people are waking up nowadays. Everybody's realizing this, you know. Like, we need to take care of each other. Like, nobody's really taking care of us. Well, nobody's going to take care of us. Yeah, like nobody's gonna come. Superman's gonna come and feed the crops and feed us and all that. Just start learning how to take care of ourselves. I agree. We need to, you know. Recently, uh, I interviewed Harvard professor Avi Loeb. And uh, about, you know, I said to him, hey, man, we might not be the 
smartest kids on the cosmic block, but we might be the meanest kids on the cosmic block. And he said he has hope for humanity in that if we find evidence of extraterrestrials that are smarter or more evolved than us, that would force humanity to realize that the differences we have with one another are absolutely meaningless. Right. And that we should band together as a species. Well, that's what would happen, yeah. You think that's what would happen? Well, that's just like in sports, you know, you, you band to your team. And it's like you, you start, like when I went to the Marine Corps, like I really experienced, you know, racism to a certain degree that I had never experienced being here in South Florida. Oh, really? Yeah, but I never took it in straw. I never took it to heart because it was just like I grew up with a very mixed culture. So I was exposed to just, you know, everything. And I was just like, why are you being like that? You know, it never made sense to me. <laughs> but w with that, what ended up happening was I, I think that I got exposed to more than, than most people. And that's just the way that I saw it at the time. How did you react to it, though? Like, did you react to it immediately as in, um, as in who are these ignorant people? Or you didn't take any personal offense to it? Not really. You were taken aback by it, like, personally? No, because I was just like, why, why if, if I can act, interact with you on a normal basis, like, you can treat me normal, like, why do you suddenly act up? Right. So that's the way I saw it. It was just kind of, like, confusing. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Did, in those instances, was it usually when the person was with other people or never one-on-one, -on -one, I bet? I bet it's always when they were part of a pack. Yeah, I think so. It was more of a pack. Like, I don't know why, but it was like, almost like when they were alone, it was kind of like, oh, okay, you know, you're cool people, but then somebody else would show up and they're like, oh, you're a dick, and then, you know, you want to fight? I'm like, oh, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Like, who are you trying to... I'm like, who are you trying to impress, bro? Like, so, I don't know. That's the way I saw it, dude. Yeah. But you dealt with it with, you didn't deal with it with hostility. You were just dismissive of it because it was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I that's a that's a good way to that's a good way to react to it. Yeah. <laughs> no, now I look back at it, but there was times when I guess I I would rather have you know reacted, but when I look back at it, I'm like, I'm glad I didn't react because it would let know we're good. Yeah, I mean, is it ever? Does anybody ever regret showing restraint? I don't know. Maybe that's an interesting question. I don't know. Does anybody regret showing restraint? I think only if somebody gets hurt. If somebody got like they hurt, fail yeah. to act. But I think yeah. failing to act and showing restraint might be two different things. Well, I, I mean, I, I think that's why it's, it's weird. You never know how somebody's going to react because in the moment of the moment, like some people freeze up. And I've seen it happen. And you have to like snap them out of it. And they're like, you're going to die because you froze up, <laughs> you know? And people are just like, oh, I can't think. What am I doing? <laughs> Where's my life going? Are you talking about in a combat situation? No, in any situation. Yeah. Like I saw this lady get into a car accident. And, uh, and she, her car was facing the opposite direction. All she had to do was, I thought her car was broken down. All she had to do was put it in, in drive and drive off the road. That's it. Yeah, and she was so in shock that she was just sitting there. Cars are like flying at her face first. 
and all she had to do was just take her foot off the brake. <laughs> so right now we have a lot of color going on here. We are implementing the uh, what we call uh, uh, foot to the pedal, nose to the grindstone, the power through method. Of uh, of yeah. tattooing, you know, get her done. Get her done. Well, I mean, we went from concept to uh, to to ink or to pen pretty quick. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we had we had a we had a uh, we had an idea, and we knew that we knew the intent of it. Um, so I mean, I think we implemented it pretty good. We're getting down to brass tacks. We're getting business done. You know, the ink is going on the page. <laughs> and what an honor it is for me right. to be tattooed again by the world famous artist uh, Oscar Hernandez, better known as Don Oski, the king of Pompano Beach. And, thank uh, you, thank you. I feel uh, much obliged. <laughs> Happy to be here. <laughs> Every king has a has an estate. We were actually talking about um, uh, talking about earlier about like you know purpose and goals and things like that. And like, um, I wonder how many people out there have considered. I guess it all depends maybe on your age or where you're at in your life. Yeah. Um, of what you're trying to trying to do. Like, I feel like I'm at the point in my life where uh, I don't know. It's not about the money anymore. Right. You know? Like, money does not make you happy. But what does make you happy is investing in something that uh, is tangible and real. You know? Yeah, you can watch it grow. Yeah. Make it grow and see see what you do with it. Kind of like, I guess, like leaving a legacy in a way. Yeah. You know? Especially if you get to teach somebody else, I think. That's why I want to have kids. <laughs> I want to have a whole bunch of kids. Yeah. I'm going to have like two wives so they can have more kids. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Australian reporter Ross Colehart recently just said to me, uh, Scott, I'm really worried about the situation with UFOs. And I think the best thing to do is for you and that pretty girlfriend of yours to move down to Australia and make babies on the beach <laughs> while we still have time. Well, we still have yeah. So I was asking him, like, you know, how how serious are, are government officials treating this UFO situation? And he said they all have a sense of doom. And his recommendation to me was take that pretty girl, get, jump on a beach somewhere and start making babies because that's all there is to do. I'm well, like, yeah, if they want to do something to us, they're going to, you know, it's like... Why worry about it in the meantime? <laughs> I mean, I suppose. Unless there is, of course, some way for us as individual citizens to counteract any impending doom yeah. with extraterrestrials by being Well, I think that's what the movies teach us, you know? <laughs> right, right. We can fight back. <laughs> Meanwhile, they just come in and pew, pew, pew. <laughs> Fucking freeze you while you're running. No. <laughs> okay, so what do you think is... Okay, um... Uh, one of my favorite alien movies is Mars Attacks. Uh -huh. That's a fucking great movie. 
And then, uh, but I, what I hope an alien visitation is, is going to be more like contact. Yeah, like I, I wouldn't want them to act like the majority of humans here because we just show up and we're like, let's kill everything. And right. It's like, you know, like we, we also need to be taught that we don't need to live in a, such a hostile environment. If we are not hostile, people don't respond to us hostile. So you think if a benevolent, superior, uh, humanoid or whatever, some kind of being that we can understand and can demonstrate its technology and benevolence, do you think that knowing that there's a higher benevolent person or citizen, would that make us automatically be more benevolent? And now's a good time for a break. We realized that the TV was on that whole time, so in the very next section, there will be no TV background. So enjoy the rest of the tattoo episode. Anyway, so we see this zebra, two zebras, walking across the road right where we're going. And so we stopped to let them cross. And the one zebra had a broken back leg. And I noticed, I'm like, oh my God, the zebra's got a broken back leg. And, uh, the guy I was with, um, Oscar Pastoris' uncle, looks at me and says, lion's got to eat. Right. Yeah. Because, like, my reaction was, like, shouldn't we help that zebra fix its broken leg? <laughs> like, uh, I That's guess my it. analogy is, like, if the aliens are looking down, are we just that to them? Like, they're just going to be, like, hands off unless we're going to blow it all up? They could be, you know, they could just be like, what are they eating on nuts? What are they doing? Yeah. You know? Well, maybe that's why all the UFOs are always showing up around the nuclear facilities and shutting them down. Yeah. They're like our referees. They're like, listen, you, you guys got to stop. <laughs> uh, that's a pretty good point. You guys are being dumb. <laughs> they kill each other really soon. For no reason. There's a, a Saturday Night Live show that you have to see. It's freaking hilarious. It's with like, what's this guy with the white hair? Dean? No, not Dean Martin. Uh, Steve Martin's got white hair. Steve Martin. Steve Martin. Steve Martin. Oh, yeah. A wild and crazy guy. <laughs> so they did this skit where... Oh, no, cat juggling. They did this <laughs> skit where they're um, in the... They're like in the backwoods, right? Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, two bumpkins come walking over and they're like, hey, what's that? And the other one's like, what is that? <laughs> and the other one's like, I don't know. What is that? <laughs> they just keep going back and forth. And then all of a sudden, a little kid goes running by or something. like, hey, hey, get away from there. Don't put your lips on it. That was one of the funniest things ever. So and they're like, like trying to see a UFO. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, uh, rrr, yeah, rrr, yeah. And it goes away and they're like, what was that? <laughs> what? What the hell is that? 
What's that dang thing doing here? How did that get here? What the hell is that? What the hell is that? How did that dang deal get here? Hey, come over here and look at this deal. What the hell is that? I don't know what the hell that is. What the hell is that? Hey, you kid, get away from there. I would not mess with that thing. Don't put your lips on it. What the hell is this? Well, get a photo of me with it anyway. Be careful with that thing. <laughs> Oh, I know what that is. Well, what the hell is it? What the hell is that thing? I don't even care what it is. What the hell is it? I, I don't know what the hell that thing is. Oh, I know what it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's fucking funny. So it's like, why does it always happen to a country bum? Because you know. I know. I think maybe that might be intentional, right? Um, actually, that's an interesting point, though. Like, if they are that like intelligent and can communicate through telepathy or whatever, mm-hmm. um, would then they also then have the ability to kind of read you to see what kind of a person you are before they have contact with you so that they have a predictable outcome to the interaction. What if what if they just see us as lab rats? What? What if they just see us as lab rats? That's possible too. Like, I've heard of that. Like they, they see us as lab rats and they basically have an understanding with the, with the governments of the world that they can do whatever they want, experiment with us. <laughs> I mean, that would be that awful. Would suck, that would right? true. But I mean, but that goes into that goes into a theory. Um, you know, here's the thing about like the UFO community, and like there's a million theories, right? Right. And it's hard to track down the best theories because sometimes the theories are more solid because of who's delivering them. Okay. I I feel like I get more compelled to believe something that's told in a way... That seems convincing? Yeah, (laughs) well, that seems convincing, but it has reliable characters, and I'm patient enough to follow the entire causation. Right. Like, you've got... We can break down the UFO community into... Uh, you got, like, the, the the former government employee slash whistleblower podcaster. Right. Right? You can throw, like, Nick Pope in there. Lou Elizondo. Christopher Mellon. Um, 
to some extent, you know, you've got whistleblower guys like Dr. Stephen Greer and the Disclosure Project, the Serious Project, Serious Disclosure Project, and his very controversial CE5 protocol uh, organization. You familiar no. with that? No. Yeah, I thought you did. I thought you were, and you weren't. No. That's where you take these green laser pointers, and you meditate in the sky, and you mentally quantum entangle with an alien species, and invite Ooh. them to have contact with you. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. it's called the CE five protocol. What? That's yeah. wow. <laughs> so is that where we're going out now? Next, contacting the aliens through our mind. How you doing? <laughs> good, jumping. good, good, good. I'm You're good. Jumping a bit, huh? You're jumping a bit. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> take a little. Yeah, take it as it comes. You like the color so far? Yeah. Yeah, I do like the color. Oh man, I'm just right now. I'm like. I'm like I'm I'm, I'm little, yeah. Well, I'm just like I'm 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 not right now. I'm just kind of uh, absorbing it uh, physically. <laughs> okay. Uh, I need to before I can like focus visually. I do like the colors. You think like is that a face on him? Kind of like there's a side of his of his face. <laughs> I can't think I anticipated that. I can't see upside down. I can't tell. Yeah. It looks like a Mr. Bill. Mr. Bill! No. <laughs> it looks dope. It looks like there's nice. light shining on him. Like, oh, nice. Yeah. And then the dog is, this is like the, the orange part of the dog. Yeah. It, it, it needs an outline too, so yeah. I'm just laying solid oh, no, colors I, I always trust you, man. Yeah. I'm just like... <laughs> trying to figure it out. Yeah. What's going on here? Nice. No, I mean, it's like, but yeah, we're going to have it all, hey, put some swollen. Yeah. Yeah. I do like the colors. <laughs> I love the colors. So there's a bamboo here. Okay. The, the, the flowers almost disappear. Wow. How much did you actually get done on a first, first sitting? You want to stop? Um, no, I'm just okay. asking, you know, like, No, we, how we did feeling? all this. I think we're doing great. Okay, great. I would like to take a little break. Oh, right now? No? Can we just go a little yeah, longer? Yeah, yeah I want to see. I don't need to take. I don't need to make a big break. This this whole yeah, area here, because it. it keeps disappearing. Let me see. Oh, yeah, give me a spot so I can like conquer in on a on a body position. As long as I can keep my body comfortable, I can do it. But I was like, whenever my arm goes, I gotta like switch something. Oh, she got the white rabbit. That's pretty cute. One pin makes you nervous. One pin. <laughs> he's just watching it, so he's just watching what we're doing. Yeah. You okay with your bud? Yeah, I'm just getting a tattoo. Hey, you're on here. You're getting tattooed. I think he knows he's getting tattooed on me. <laughs> I wonder how much they understand. I think they understand more than we give them credit, but not the exact things we think they do. Yeah, not as much as we would like them. Yeah, but, but others... But they understand a lot. 
Oh. And we're still recording. We're 26 minutes into this section of the podcast. But that was after, you know, quite a while. I don't know how long have we been tattooing, though. More than 26 minutes. Yeah. Well, we watched the majority of other movies. Oh, yeah, that's right. We watched the entire other... I think we watched that to the end, didn't we? You know, close to it. Close to it. It was a terrible movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> What's mo- it called? Uh, boyfriend's bodyguard's wife. Bodyguard's Something boyfriend's. Wife. It was Lee uh, Ryan Reynolds, uh, Selma Hayek, Antonio Banderas as the bad guy, the main bad guy, and then Samuel L. Jackson, who had a uh, kind of like a weird makeout. Titty grab scene with Selma Hayek. That was totally off-putting. <laughs> Did it make you feel uncomfortable? That was like, wait, 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 what? That doesn't even seem like it goes in the. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, are you sure that's not like he's not just like groping her? Yeah. <laughs> like, does he know the camera's on? And that made me uncomfortable. Like, was this a bad? You know. Was yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was a pretty bad movie. I mean, Ryan Reynolds seemed like he was probably kind of funny in it. Um, Sam Jackson was overacting. Selma Hayek was... Uh, I think she was overacting, too. Yeah, I think, yeah. Her boobs weren't overacting. No. They were featured... Stupendously. <laughs> yeah. Is it, is, it, is it okay? Are we going to get me too But I think she was calling attention deliberately and ironically, oh, yeah. right? I, I think... That I'm not, was part of the point of the movie. Yeah, it, it, maybe the... Highlighting her chest. Yes. Yeah, but oh, ultimately not a great movie. But now I, we we then we played the Rotten Tomatoes game for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, surprisingly, or not surprisingly, Jaws is rated ninety eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Jaws is a great movie. I, I actually liked it the first time I saw it, especially as a kid. I got scared. So I think if kids see that, like they're gonna be scared. <laughs> like, oh my God, there's sharks in the water. We're going to fucking die. Especially living out here in South Florida. The scariest moment of that movie for me Uh is when it's right before that little Kittner boy gets killed. Uh There's this kid with a dog and he's throwing a stick in the water and the dog's swimming (laughs) in and bringing it out. And then he throws it in one more time and then you kind of hear like a but then they just (laughs) leave it at that. And then it goes quiet, and then you just hear the dog owner at the shore going, Pippet! No, yeah. Pippet! Pippet! Come on, boy! Pippet! And then you see the bone floating, and then you know. He got got. <laughs> yeah, and then that's when they, that's when you see it from like the shark's perspective, seeing that little Kittner boy on the raft, and then it goes into full on. Well, that was that was a great thing. Or was about it? Na 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 na. What does it go? Yeah, dun 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 dun. Yeah. It really villainizes poor sharks. they don't even. They don't act like that. They don't just come after you. No. But they are scary. They're just curious. They do a lot of curious bites. <laughs> yeah, in that movie, the shark was definitely not doing yeah. curious bites. That, 
The, uh, uh, the shark uh, found easy food, and... Uh, uh, I like the taste of humans. <laughs> <laughs> it stays in the same area, and it's just a theory uh, uh, called territoriality. Uh, you'd like to prove that and get your name on the National Geographic, wouldn't you? Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm not going to stand here while this guy lines up for a hot lunch. We're going to have to close the beaches. Uh, hey, hey, hey. It's going to be the 4th of July. We depend on the tourists for the summer dollar. But that's the age-old problem, right? Is it uh, profits or safety? <laughs> <laughs> that's what you said. But Jaws is a great movie, though. Uh, one of my favorites. I think one of the best movies ever made. Yeah. It was a great movie. Did you ever do the ride, like, at Disney or something? I actually, when my kids were fairly young, uh, we took a trip, a car ride from Cleveland, Ohio, uh -huh. to uh, Boston, stayed in South Yarmouth, and then we took a ferry over uh, with the Martha's Vineyard, which is where oh, they nice. filmed Jaws. Oh. Yeah, and we actually did a Jaws movie scene tour uh, and reenacted different... Uh, scenes that they filmed oh, the Jaws yeah <laughs> yeah like the Chief Brody's house and like the picket fence they're always karate chopping my fence <laughs> you know like the beach where the girl got killed and you know yeah. all the different spots oh that's wild yeah we that's like awesome. lined it up and took pictures and stuff it was fantastic Martha's Vineyard is beautiful yeah where is that Martha's Vineyard located uh, it's right off the coast of Boston okay Little island, kind of like uh, as close. Uh, it's a little closer than uh, the. It's about as far offshore as Catalina Island is off the coast of L.A. Okay. So you need a boat to get there. Okay, now it's time for a little break, and I googled it. Uh, Catalina Island is 22 miles off the coast of California, and Martha's Vineyard is 7 miles off the coast of Boston. And now, back to the show. Enjoy. We'll have to Google that and figure out how many miles off the shore of New England is... Martha's Vineyard, and how many miles off the shore of California is, uh, what's that island? Uh, <laughs> Catalina? Catalina Wine Mixer. There you go. At the Catalina Wine Mixer. Don't they have a car show there? I don't know how you'd have a car show on Catalina Island. I suppose you could put them all, bring them all over by ferry. Imagine that. The toys, the true toys. We're hitting some pretty sweet elbow juice right now uh, in the tattooing. This is when you kind of got to, you know, what, what was I saying earlier? I was <laughs> saying, uh, <laughs> you got to say, uh, you got to feel like, um, you got to be okay with the pain. It's not that you, it's not that you don't feel the pain. You just got to be okay with the pain and then the pain's okay. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, wow. So we're watching The Matrix, and Neo is waking up again in the fucking little pod. Oh, yeah. This is your first time watching this one. Yeah. Oh. Wow. 
Woo! Okay, we're gonna take a little break. Is this a good time for a break in a podcast? <laughs> okay, I think uh, we're gonna take a little break in a podcast, and uh, we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back with you after uh, a, uh, a message from our sponsor. <laughs> Woohoo! And actually, that's going to be the end of the show. And I would like to thank my special guest, Don Oski. And if you're interested in contacting him about any of his artwork, you can find him at www.donoski.com. That's D-O-N-O-S-K-I.com for any custom art. Or if you want to make an appointment for your special VIP tattoo, he'll be happy to entertain any inquiries. So contact him there www.donoski.com and as always I've been Scott Roeder and I still love you world just damn it